0: Hey, this is Jessica Ramirez, your host of SeedCast. SeedCast shares stories of indigenous peoples whose cultures and traditions are the key to a sustainable future. And today we have a spotlight for you of another indigenous-led podcast. Once pristine, once untouched, once pure, all of that's no
1: longer there anymore. Stripped down,
0: torn apart, shipped away peace of our hearts, yet still we breathe. Today we are sharing with you a podcast called Beyond the Narrative with Fenton Lutanatabua. And he shares stories of everyday experiences of Pacific Islanders. Fenton is currently a storytelling fellow at Neotero. And you can learn more about our creative fellowships on our website. This is an excerpt of episode 11 called The Perfect Wave. This episode has a chill Pacifica vibe. And what I really liked about it is that it's about surfing. Fenton speaks with professional surfer, Hannah Bennett. She has a kinship with the ocean. Fenton and Hannah get into conversation about what it means to be a product of your environment and how your surroundings shape you. Hannah Bennett is the vice president of the Fiji Surfer Association, also known as FSA. It's an organization that was founded 40 years ago. Anyone can join and they teach lots of classes like surfing, CPR training, but they have a massive emphasis on youth coaching. This episode was released in November 2020 and Fenton is currently working on a new season of Beyond the Narrative so make sure to save this podcast on your platforms. Thanks to Fenton and enjoy the show.
2: My name is Vinton Luturantambua, and this is the Beyond the Narrative podcast. This is a podcast that values the story that lives in everyone. It showcases the complex and dynamic truths of everyday Pacific Islanders and those that are blessed enough to call the Pacific home. It hopes to consciously seek out complete narratives and truths, and at its core, believes in justice through storytelling and purpose through service thank you so much for joining us on the beyond the narrative podcast and i hope that you enjoy the show Bulvinaka and welcome to the Beyond the Narrative podcast. I'm your host Fenton Lutonatumbua and this afternoon so excited so stoked to have in studio with us Hannah Bennett.
1: Hey how are you feeling Hannah? I'm feeling good. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
2: Oh man thank you so much for making the time. Actually how, how, um, how this happened was yeah like Hannah commented on one of the posts on my Instagram and I was like oh I need to get this person on the podcast, and I took a leap of faith and like asked if if she could make the time, and she did. And I'm really, really excited, uh, mainly because Hannah is uh, like an all around awesome human being and is also a professional surfer. And I don't get to chat to a lot of professional surfers in my life, so I'm I'm really, really excited that you said yes. Nice, yeah. Um, Hannah, actually. I, you know, there's a couple of ways I could introduce you, um, uh, but I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Like, how would you, how, yeah, how would you introduce yourself? Like, what are the things that you'll put front and center of who you are?
1: Well, uh, I get, you know, what for me, it depends on where I am. For example, I mean, it depends on my environment. If I'm, I spent some time in America. My dad's American. My mom's from Rotuma. So yeah, it depends. If I'm in America, if I'm in Rotuma, if I'm out on the water surfing, that's kind of what dictates how I introduce myself, you know. But um, no, yeah, I'm yeah, I am part Rotuman, part American, like I said, and I'm a passionate ocean enthusiast, um, entrepreneur. Um, yeah really active person and um, I'm a family oriented person and yeah I love living in Fiji
2: yeah, um, Hannah. One of the things I, I love hearing from folks that I speak to on on the podcast is the story of their names. So would it be would it be cool if you told us the if you know of any stories of of your either first name or last name or both yeah. that you'd want to share with us?
1: Well, a lot of people don't know that my first name is actually Hannah Marie.
2: Okay, so like with a hyphen. Yes. Whoa. Okay. Hannah
1: Marie. And um, my middle name is Tivak Noah, and that's Rotuman. My last name is Bennett. So, I mean, not, nothing too special, but um, from what I've heard from my mom, and I don't know how accurate this is, but she said, I've got two older sisters, and she said when I was born, they were both fighting on, you know, one was like, it's Hannah, and the other one was like, no, it should be Marie. <laughs> so, that's what I got, Hannah Marie. Um, but... I eventually went with Hannah, Hannah Banana.
2: (laughs) Oh, amazing. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, My middle middle name, Tivaknoa. um, So in Rituman culture, namesakes are a big deal. And um, I was really blessed to have twins as my namesakes. And this name has been passed down through a couple generations. So, yeah, I'm really fortunate and honored to inherit the Tivaknoa name.
2: (laughs) That's so cool that... um that your name, Hannah Marie, is like an intentional choice by your parents to make peace amongst your siblings.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. And now that I've like grown up, I guess, you know, I look like in hindsight, I feel like who I am is a bit of both of them. There's three of us in the family and I'm the youngest. So yeah, I I totally feel split in the middle and we're all Gemini's Mm -hmm. and um, my middle sister and I were born on the same day, even though we're nine years apart. and my eldest is a week later. So we're yeah, we're all kind of like the same person in three different bodies.
2: That's <laughs> but um, I crazy feel
1: absolutely 100% split between my two sisters.
2: That's so cool. and what a what an inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. To like and I love that you use that word and like this is this is the name that you inherit. From from your namesakes Because I feel like the word inherit has so much Like sacredness to it as well
1: Absolutely, absolutely <sighs>
2: Amazing um, And Hannah The other sort of thing that I want to Dive into a little bit with you is Is maybe a Quick chat about uh, If at all How much of a role Like spirituality is played In your upbringing and Define that how you will um, one of the ways that it's been, folks have spoken about it before in the past is just like their connectedness to to something and i and I really love that you said you've how you introduce yourself depends on where you are because yeah. of that connectedness to place so yeah
1: for sure I'm so happy you asked that's a great question and a good way to start this conversation but um spirituality to me um has always been from a young age, nature centered um the natural world you know just my environment I truly believe that for me in particular I'm a product of my environment and so for for me that experience is um received in a spiritual manner and I'm you know I'm 28 years old so I'm still you know finding that groundedness but yeah it's always been nature-centric and um I I mean I pretty much let myself um, follow the elements and let the elements of nature kind of guide certain decisions or crossroads that I find myself in. And I try to put that at the forefront of most of my decisions. I wish all, but not all of my decisions. And yeah, I find it, it's peaceful, but you know, it's also frustrating at times and conflicting. And it's full of passion and emotions, which can make it a bit hard to navigate sometimes. But I don't think you can... Um, go wrong with trusting your instincts and um, over the years of just recognizing that that's where I place my spirituality um, I feel like it's enabled me to develop a strong sense of intuition and judgment of character and just self-confidence as well so those are all things that I um, attribute to just my um, well-being with nature <laughs> oh, That
2: That is so... That is so insightful and that is so deep. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And like intuition is so underrated.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's gotten, I mean, if you just listen to it and practice it, because it does take practice, right? Intuition takes practice, but it's there. And gosh, for me, it's just gotten me through so many um, hurdles and decisions. I mean, intuition's been like the one thing i've relied on when i travel absolutely it's gotten me through so many hard situations you know i can definitely pinpoint that to intuition
2: yeah and like like yes it's a practice Mm -hmm. right like even like a lot of people say oh yeah i want to be kind but Kind heartedness is a practice, yeah, right you cannot just like wake up one day and be like oh i'm a kind person like, Absolutely. That needs to you need to develop some sort of muscle memory around that just just the same way uh, with in, intuition, and I think if more people trusted their intuition, uh, I think intuition and self confidence are so beautifully connected
1: absolutely
2: right? and so much of the so much of the modern world has told us to to like silence that intuition, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's so many practices on, in our modern day life that, that shut that part of you out, right? And it, it might not be intentional, but I think it's, that's why it's so important to be aware, right? Do things with intention. Um, and it's not just like yogi talk or hippie talk, you know, that's, that's real. That's who we are. Like, that's inherent, you know? So, um, yeah, intuition, yeah. man, so powerful.
2: Man, I'm so glad. I'm so <laughs> glad you're, like, sp- talking about all of these really important things. Because awareness of self and awareness and, and in t- like, to be in tuned with your surroundings and with nature, again, so connected. Right. Right? In order to know w- where you're where you're at, you need to know who you are. Absolutely. And, yeah, because... Because in so many ways it, it can literally change the trajectory that, mm-hmm. that of life that you're on, right. right?
1: I think it's also important as well to let your surroundings help you figure out who you are. Some people think, you know, okay, I'm figuring out myself and then I get to know the outside, my surroundings, right? But um, I think it's just as powerful to let your surroundings help Help define you, define you, but you know there's obviously a balance. You you want to have boundaries with that as well. You know if your surroundings aren't so positive, you also don't want to let that negativity define you. So it's it's a it's a balance for sure. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, such uh, so so much so so many gifts <laughs> <laughs> that you're offering up so so generously. I appreciate it, and uh, I, I think this is also a really good place to take a break. Cool. Yeah? Yeah. And then maybe when we get back, I'd love to talk a little bit more about, because you are a sefa, right? Which means you, you're like connected to the ocean, and I'd love to hear about that relationship when we're back.
1: Sounds good. You. Excellent. Uh, <laughs>
2: stay with us. We'll be right back. Polvinaka, and welcome back to the Beyond the Narrative podcast. I'm your host, Fenton. In studio with me, I have Hannah Bennett, a pro surfer and currently the vice president of the Fiji Surfing Association. Just before this, we we're talking about connectedness to nature, uh, following intuition, and all of, the, all of the good things that you could possibly talk about. <laughs> yeah. Again, Hannah, I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're here and like, just breathing life into so many of these things that often get uh, missed out.
1: Absolutely yeah.
2: right, and um, actually, one of the things I want to talk to you about right now is a little bit about uh, surfing. Cool, right? Um, <laughs> I I don't know much about surfing, so forgive my ignorance with some of the questions I'm going to ask. But I, I'm really curious to learn. And and actually, you were saying a little earlier um, before we started recording was that cloud break, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Is actually one of the best.
1: Yeah, so Cloud Break is a surf break situated in in Nandyside on Nakurukuru-Mailangi Reef. It's Mm -hmm. the Great Sea Reef. Um, And it's a world-class wave. It's the reason why so many surfers, world-class surfers, come to surf in Fiji. It's the reason why Fiji is one of the stops on the world tour. And it's a magnificent wave. I mean, if you see this, it's just perfect. It gets really big. Um, and it stays perfect, and it's blue, clear, you know, beautiful water, easily accessible. Um, and because Fiji is situated in the middle of the ocean, basically, right? The the reason why Cloudbreak is so grand is because these swells travel for miles across the oceans, right? They travel for days, and eventually, they what makes a wave is it hits the reef. So you've, you've got this energy that's traveling for for a long time and gathering and building as it's going and eventually it hits shallow water and that's what creates this this really amazing wave Whoa. yeah <laughs> it's pretty rad <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: so cool um so okay so what makes a perfect wave is the size
1: not necessarily um what makes it per- i mean every here's for surfers, right. every surfer defines their own perfect wave. Right.
2: What's a perfect wave for you?
1: For me, my perfect wave, believe it or not, is situated in the middle of Suva Harbor.
2: Like, just right out here? here? Yeah. No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've traveled the world, and my favorite, most perfect wave is called Lighthouse, and it's at the harbor entrance in Suva. Um, and for me, it's perfect because it's where I grew up surfing. It, I, it's the most—it's the one place where I'm the most comfortable surfing. And you know, it's—it's it's my crew. And even though it's not the cleanest water, but it's—it's it's a beautiful mechanical wave. It's—it's it's just perfect. And it's the same almost every time. Right. Yeah.
2: Right. What, what do you mean by mechanical wave?
1: Mechanical, it's like literally like, I have you seen any footage of wave pools?
2: Yeah. It's like
1: a wave pool. So it, it looks like it's been genetically like, modified. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> the GMO of bananas. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's perfect. And um, it's, it's consistent. So I think I in see. surfing, what makes a wave good is the consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty consistent out there.
2: Perfect. <laughs> Okay, do you feel like um, like there's a growing trend now for young female surfers, or young surfers in general, uh, coming out of Fiji because it's more accessible?
1: Yeah, so definitely now there's more, there's, I mean, the surfing development has grown a lot, and especially for females, which is so encouraging. I mean, for me, that's that was a main focus, to so not just be a surfer, but be an advocate, especially for, for young girls. But interesting that you you brought up accessibility because um back to how your environment shapes you and so i believe countries like australia and america and hawaii even that are so dominant in surfing is because of their environment they're able to just go down to the beach paddle out and surf and that creates a really strong culture of surfing because their environment however in fiji our surf breaks, we you know, we're, we're surrounded by barrier reefs, right? So, like, fringing reefs. And so that that alone, I believe, creates the disconnect between communities and being able to surf, and surfing being something that's popular. Like, literally, the landscaping, the fact that you need a boat, right? The fact that it's tidal. So all these factors come in, and that's why you know, it's taken a while for surfing to emerge in the communities here. But now, because I think tourism has been a helping, surf tourism has helped because it's been able to provide boats and a lot of our surfers um, become surf guides so they can go out and surf on a daily basis. You know, and then they come back home and then they share that with their family. So it's becoming more and more accessible. A lot of surfers are buying their own boats now. But just that simple thing, the fact that there's a wave somewhere out in the middle of the ocean, you can't see it all the time. Right. Um that just changes the uh, you know, creates a different type of surfing culture here. And um but I I think it's so great because the pursuit of surfing in Fiji provokes ocean stewardship because like the I say the pursuit of surfing right. because in order to get to actually go surfing you need to watch the tide you need to know where the channel is you need to know how to drive a boat where to throw an anchor so the pursuit like in trying to go surfing you have to be aware of all these elements you have to be acquainted with your environment so it requires that to even go surfing And so that's why I think it's such a contagious sport as well, because our surfers aren't just beach bums, you know, they're actually super knowledgeable. They're stewards of their ocean environment.
2: Yeah, I love that anti-narrative you know a lot of people just think like surfers and beach totally bars. there's yeah. a stigma around it yeah. and
1: I think we could use surfing especially in the Pacific as a vessel to promote stewardship to like use surfing as a way to reconnect and just notice that like I don't want to trash my playground right like a lot of our surfers don't even throw their anchor anymore they make their own moorings because they know that throwing their anchor isn't healthy for the reef Yeah, they don't have to be educated to know that they just have to be surfers wow
2: Man, I'm, i have a couple more questions um thank you for being so generous um but i think this is probably a good place to take a break cool. right and and when we get back maybe like two other things that i want to dive into a little bit with you Yay, yeah sounds good. awesome <laughs> thanks. thanks thanks for being with us we'll be right back Welcome back to the Beyond the Narrative podcast. In studio with me right now, I have Hannah, and we're talking about all things surfing. I'm learning so much, um, and I, I love this idea of of like the pursuit of surfing, mm-hmm. right? And I love the way you phrase that because it really is like surfing in Fiji is so different to surfing anywhere else in the well, in most other places in the yeah, world, right? Because you it it like you have to pursue it. Absolutely. Right, um, and. And actually, does, does does the pursuit for surfing make you... Do you feel just make people better surfers?
1: I wouldn't necessarily say better surfers. Right. Um, maybe, you know, because it takes so much effort to go surfing. Sometimes you spend more time trying to get surfing than you actually do out surfing. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, every day we've got a tide window of, of two to four hours, right? So in some places you can only surf for like two to four hours. And... Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it makes you a better surfer, but I think it makes you appreciate surfing more than a lot of people do because you know, of what it takes. I think it makes surfing a, a communal thing here. You know, who's got the boat? Who's got That's the fuel? It. You know, who's got the anchor? Like, you're not going to go out by yourself. Oh, so man. it's not so individualized. As a lot of places, surfing's kind of an individual thing, and you can feel it when you paddle out to the North Shore in Hawaii or you paddle out on the Gold Coast. Everyone's just in their zone. They know what wave they want to catch. But in, in Fiji, it's such a communal thing. And with the Fiji bullet spirit, I mean, yeah. it's just it's a whole nother level.
2: Uh, that just reminds me. Uh, I have a colleague, and um, she's actually living in Japan now. And she said whenever she comes down to Fiji, her little brothers wake her up so early in the morning yeah. to take out surfing. Like, she's literally their driver to, like, yeah. catch the two to four-hour sort of yeah. wave. And it's so communal. Like, yeah. you know, the, her kid brother brings in all of his friends, yeah. and they sort of all go out and do this together. And it's like, watching her Instagram stories, it's so beautiful. Mm. It's just like all of these kids like manifesting literal joy out on the ocean yeah Like with the sunrise in the background. It's just so magnificent. It's so
1: cool. And like as a kid to experience that, you know, like I think it adds an element of maturity for kids. Sure. You know, like a lot of our youth surfers, um, they're so mature because they can drive a boat before they know how to drive a car. Right. And they're so mindful of their environment. They're so mindful of everyone. How is everyone safe? Like safety, you know, that's what we try to promote first and foremost through the FSA, safety. You know, we... reality for surfing in Fiji has a lot of um dangers to it, you know, right. with the whole boat and reef and you know not a lot of hospital facilities readily available. So safety is our is our main thing and I think with the youth they're so mature because they understand that. Yeah.
2: And like like coming back to this idea of like practicing intuition, I think even with stewardship there's a practice to it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And like to practice listening to the heartbeat of the ocean mm-hmm. and to be able to follow that mm-hmm. is just like to learn that at such a young age yeah. is like whoa
1: right and then cultivate it and, yeah. and it's never ending I mean you think you've mastered it you know how many times and that's the beauty of the ocean like how many times you think oh I've mastered cloud break and then right. it just boom reminds you like nope you that's know right. you get a, you have a bad experience you get we call it pounded you know mm-hmm. you're near drowning and then you whoa okay. me take a step back who's in charge here you know so it's very humbling and um i mean that's why i love competitive surfing too there's this camaraderie like unspokenness within competitive surfers that we all know who's in charge at the end of the day it's it's mother nature so our our environment for competing is constantly changing you know it's not like a basketball court or a volleyball court it's you're constantly having to adapt and that eventually reflects in your personality and in the way you live your life
2: yeah yeah and and what important life skills to teach young people right adaptability like respect of the ocean stewardship practice
1: yeah yeah i would love to see um surfing just have more of a stronghold in in Fiji, when it comes to developing those skills and those virtues and values, you know, right. I, I, like I said, I just think it's such a beautiful vessel to be able to reconnect young kids and the next generation to to our environment.
2: And and you've surfed in in a couple of really cool places like El Salvador. We just landed yeah. at the beginning of this. Uh, <laughs> you've done Japan, Hawaii with yeah. your sister. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually finished high school in Hawaii and graduated there. So I spent some time surfing in Hawaii. And uh, yeah, I've been competing in Australia. I was just in Japan this time last year, California. um, I haven't surfed in Europe yet, but I would love to go to to surf in France or Spain.
2: That's just like one of the, like, I wouldn't put. Europe and surfing together? Neither
1: neither did I. It's it's crazy, but there's a strong surf culture there. It's cold. It's different. It's so different. Like, to me, it's not even surfing. It's something like uh, ice, snowing, boarding (laughs) or something. (laughs) But it's different. Um, There's great surf there. Even Japan. I mean, you'd be surprised. Japan's got a really strong surf culture.
2: Whoa. Oh, man. I'm... Like, this has been... A highlight of my day. Thank you so yeah. much. Aww, <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> that, thank, too. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for making the time and, and again, just being so generous with your experiences, with your expertise, with your knowledge. It's really appreciated. And um, and if it's okay with you, we could start wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I guess a, a good place I sort of want to uh, end. Our time together, Hannah, is maybe with a final question, and it's a question I—I'm obsessed with time travel, right? i I think about—that's rad. (laughs) (laughs) i i I think, and actually, one way I heard it language just today was one of one of somebody I was in a conversation with said, the indigenous perspective of looking at time is so different. I agree. Because in order to look forward, we need to look back. I agree. Right, and and even the the way that its language literally is, it it like it like flips this Mm -hmm. concept of time. Yeah, and so anyway, and so time travel to me is always so interesting, right? Because even for me, if we if we do this work around ocean stewardship, around environmental stewardship, around you know like breaking generational curses of stewardship of resources and how to do that better, we have to hope for the future. Right. Right. So we have to think of reimagine and revision a future. Okay. So Constantly, we're doing time travel ourselves yeah, without yeah. even thinking about it, right? Yeah, definitely. And, um, and actually, one of the, the questions I want to ask you, Hannah, you said you were 28. Yeah. Right? And I feel like you've done so many things, represented, um, you know, Fiji and, of course, Rotuma on this international platform. And, you know, you've, you've done so many really, really cool things. What, if you could travel into the future... Mm-hmm. and visit your 40 year old self for a day oh yeah
1: that's a tough one <laughs>
2: <laughs> um what's what's one thing you you'd like tell your 40 year old self with everything that you know mm-hmm. to be true and feel so deeply about right now mm-hmm. what's what's a reminder that you'd like to tell your 40 year old self
1: wow that's a tough one um first and foremost, you know, stay rooted. I hope that when I'm 40, I am still as strongly connected to my roots of my culture, my homeland. I hope it's just as strong as ever, right? As strong as a dilo tree. Yes. (laughs) But um, my 40-year-old self, wow, you know, I just, I hope to remind, you know, I hope I still have that spark of enthusiasm and ambition. I think ambition is something that should never die in any of us, and enthusiasm for, you know, whether it be goals or even just like, I hope when I'm 40, I'm still searching for like my next perfect wave. Mm. Whether it's still at Lighthouse in Suvor or somewhere on the other side of the world, I hope I'm still enthusiastic and ambitious about finding that that's the perfect wave and that perfect session.